I am Bamps, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. I'm Jupiter, and I play Missy, the forever teen misunderstood emo Malkavian. Hi, I'm Oz. I play Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I play Jimmy, the best Toreador from the 80s. Hi, I'm Super Cookie. I am playing Coco. The camera opens up on an unfamiliar sedan that is driving in the southerly direction. We can tell because we see the sun starting to set into the westerly direction. And in the lower left-hand corner of the screen, it says November 4th, four minutes until sunset. The camera will follow that car until it pulls up outside the Paradise City Mall. Shortly after sunset, camera comes inside. We see Jimmy wake up. He has a small conversation. He goes to Madame Fina and talks with her for a while. Meanwhile, Art, Missy, and Coco begin the rouse for the evening and go about their business. Art getting into some of his stores, his larder, to prepare himself for the stressful evening ahead. Missy and Coco, is there anything that the two of you are doing to prepare yourself for this evening? Well, the first thing that Coco's doing is checking for deliveries because I just got hooked up with Prime. So I ordered myself a spray tan machine and it was supposed to be here by like 5 p.m. And I really want to spray tan before this thing tonight. Did you order it delivered to the Forever 21 dropped off there or to one of the other areas dropped off down here? Well, I put like Forever 21 on it, but my sign's kind of janky anyway. So I really hope that like they drop my stuff off here. I know that there's Jimmy people, right? So someone would have seen it. Coming out the entrance of your little Forever 21, this impromptu haven. You will see that there is a brown box with the little smile logo on it. It is upside down, so it looks like a frowny face, but it's it's your box. And as you pick it up, you will see a person walking blank-faced through the mall, carrying a briefcase. Do I recognize that person? No. It's nobody you've seen around here before. Okay, that's weird, but I'm just going to dip back in because I'm, like, super pale. Yes, you are. Missy, are you doing anything to get ready? For Elysium? Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's some frustration because now that the, her favorite hoodie is now gone, so now she doesn't have that extra outer layer, so she's a little annoyed, like, what is she going to do? But yeah, she'll she'll just go in the normal gear she would normally wear, minus that, and... um head uh, to the food court for the typical start to the night. Yeah, her mood's sour. Can't imagine why. She knows she has to do this whole thing. So, As you get down to the food court, you will see a very plainclothes-looking man walking blank-faced, carrying a briefcase to more or less where you are. There are a couple of the watchmen, Jimmy's guys, that are hanging around. They know you, they wave, head nod, and uh, just kind of let you go about your business. 
that's a good decision on their part. Yeah, I have this feeling that Missy's putting off one of those moods right now. Mm-hmm. Just waves of, just stay away. Don't talk to me. Just teenage angst all over the place. Yes, all the way. You'll see this man, this stranger, approach the food court. He will stand, like, on the outside of it, right as you, you would come into it, almost, whereas I imagine the floor has a different set of tiling or paint colors to it, so it's clearly the food court area. Maybe a little raised areas that would have nice plants on them, which are now full of cigarette butts and dirt, but at one time would have been very nice, and uh, that's not, not scenic. Very nice and rad. Yes, they would have been totally rad. He takes his briefcase from his, just hanging from his right hand, grabs the side with his left hand, grabs the other side with his right hand, and says in a very monotone voice, I am seeking kindred spirits. And he looks straight ahead. And Missy's the only one in the food court, then has to see this guy. She's, look up. Oh my god, who are you? What are you, what are you doing here? Clearly addressing him, he will turn his gaze to you and he'll blink. He blinks slowly. He has the look of somebody who's had his brain messed with as somebody who is familiar with the dominate discipline and has messed people's brains a little bit. He has that glassy eyed look and he simply repeats himself holding the briefcase. I am seeking kindred spirits. She's going to walk up and try to take the briefcase. He looks down to you and asks, are you a kindred spirit? I I don't know what you mean. I'm I'm kindred. I'm not a spirit. I'm here. So, but yeah, I'll take, I'll take your briefcase and you can just go about doing your business. We're done then, right? This is, you're delivering something to Jimmy or Art or some clandestine secret thing. When you mentioned that you're kindred, he turns the briefcase towards you so that the handle is facing you so you can grab it, which I imagine you then do. Mm -hmm. And he lets go of it. And then he takes a deep breath and blinks his eyes a few times. And he looks around very confused. It's like, "Uh, who the fuck are you? What do you want, kid? I don't got any money. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Why don't you just find the exit and show yourself out? Very confused, he turns and begins to leave, probably cursing your name as he goes. He doesn't know my name. No, it's a, it's a turn of phrase. <laughs> she sit back down at a table and just plop the briefcase on it, just, just stare at it. Did you do anything with it, or do you wait for Art and everybody else? Oh, I mean, there's a conversation happening of... We should see what it is, but it's arts business. And if it's arts business, it's arts business. I shouldn't stick my nose in it, but curiosity, what is it? Yeah, yeah, curiosity is going to win. We're going to open it. Just click, click, the little latches come up. It was set to some kind of combination numbers, but was right away. So it's not like it was locked. It's almost asking you to open it. Begging. Mm-hmm. As you slowly creak open the one side, you're going to see stacks of money and an envelope and a small 
silver tube. What's in the envelope? In the envelope is a letter that is written that I will also send to you directly to hang on to that for a moment. Art. Yes. You woke up this evening with a terrible hunger and have raided your larder. Going about your business as you are wont to do, checking your things, you will see a stranger, a person you don't recognize, begin to leave the mall. He looks a little confused. He gets into a car, very common sedan, and drives off north of the city. Flicking around a little bit, you'll see Missy sitting in the food court with a briefcase and looking in it with a, I imagine, excited look upon her face. Jimmy, you can look back and you can see he's in Madame Fina's and having a conversation in Coco. Well, Coco is in her haven with a couple of Amazon boxes, I think. Uh, well, I think it will be time to see what Mischief is doing. I have a bundled black cloth underneath one arm. I made my own prime purchase, which arrived to one of my drop boxes. And I will approach Mischief as she is committing Mischief. Uh, Mischief, what do you have there? Uh, she'll close the, the briefcase. Oh, um, um, delivery, I, I guess I thought you were expecting, so I just took it from the guy and sent him. He was a jerk. I was expecting things, yes. A briefcase? No, not a briefcase. Well, in that case, just I'll just take it then. Don't worry about it then. It's it's okay. What's in the box? What? No. I, she'll open it and she'll take out the envelope and the tube and she'll go, here. Uh, he will take the tube. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It looks like a um, a old lady's to- torpedo coin purse. Hmm. He's going to take a close look at it, and just before he cracks it open, because that need to know is starting to tug at the back of his lizard brain or his vampire brain, as the case may be. Before I get into this, uh, Mischief, I have something for you while I'm working on another little project. Is this all right for you? I think it may be a little big, but it will suffice until the project is done. And he's going to take that bundle of cloth that's under his arm, and he's going to unroll it. And it's going to be a hoodie, but it's going to be a specific hoodie. It's black. And it has what looks like a skull with rolled eyes and misfits on uh, just above that. <laughs> this is for you. Just take it and sh- a little surprise. Huh. No, this this is great. I, I'm totally going to wear this. Uh, I can wear this to, to Elysium, right? That wouldn't be in. I think it would be fine. Right, she'll put it on quickly and then take the briefcase and move it to the floor, put it in between her her feet. Just, you know, get it out of the way. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Art's going to crack open that cigar case now. Inside you will find a 
fancy rolled up piece of paper that is rolled around a cylindrical object. For now that it's made its public appearance, this is an old style cigar case that has one of those, as Missy mentioned, old lady purses that's like the two spheres that lock against each other that you just got to push in the opposite direction to get it to pop open. Inside is a length of wood about the size of a cigar. The one end tapers down to an incredibly sharp point that has just a little bit of a strand of, of silver or metal along the sides of it that comes back to the end, which has a almost like a grip carved into it. This is very clearly a stake, and the paper around it has a very fancy writing that Art would recognize as something you could easily replicate off a computer. It says, hit your mark true and your foe will vanish. But should your foe know about this weapon before the time to strike, your demise will be assured. Art's going to read that twice. And then he's going to wrap it back around that stake, close the cigar case, and slip it into his pocket. The other note is written, again, Art would notice, common printer paper. Probably common ink, common everyday, just normal font. It reads, it has come to the attention of certain powers within our community that your goals have aligned even temporarily with ours. We offer you a gift. Some tools to help you remove any large obstacles you might find in your path. We are watching your progress very closely. And that's what Missy's reading. That was the one that she handed you along with the cigar case. Ah, okay. Okay. I did read that envelope. I didn't open the cigar case. All right. Well, the cigar case is mine now. Yes. As it should be. As it should be. So he reads the note. Kind of stays silent for a second. In that second, Coco, how long does it take to spray tan yourself? Well, I'm like really nervous and I've never used this machine before. So I read the directions like four times. Okay. Because I don't want to make it streaky. It's hard enough when you're trying to do it by yourself, but like do it with like a new machine. It's just like too much. You have to be very careful. So I had to go like in my dressing rooms. So I have one of my dressing rooms is basically a closet. One of them is kind of like my little temporary bedroom or whatever. And then like one of the dressing rooms is pretty empty. So I like moved some stuff around and I just went in there and like alone kind of did a spray tan. I think I did good. At least there's like a full length mirror so I can see. So probably like 20 minutes or so. And then I have to find something to wear. So then add another like five minutes. Do you think I'm supposed to be like as dressed up this time as we were for like the last time? Because I still got beat up and my dress kind of got like a little janked. Like, should I like downplay my outfit for tonight or should I like really like dress to impress? That's a conversation for somebody other than this random voice in your head. Which is exactly why I need to like fucking find time to call my best friends for real. Jimmy, how long do you think it will take the conversation that we had the other night with Madame Fina? I feel like it was about 20 minutes. 
So then you will probably arrive at the table if Art and Missy have no more conversation about the curious circumstance they find themselves in. Well, I also talked to Ryan and Nick, didn't I? Right after that? Assuming that Missy and Art aren't going to have any more in-depth conversation about the situation they find themselves in, one or either of you is welcome to, to join them at the table. So what's in the briefcase? Uh, papers. I'll just, I'm, I'll just run it back to my, my place and then we can get up to Elysium. Papers. What kind of papers? Papers. You know what? Don't worry about it. You got the important items. No, 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 no. I, I miss you. If you know me, I like to know everything. What's it? What's in the briefcase? My God. Fine. You're just going to take it anyway. She'll briefcase on the table and open it and spin it towards them. There, go ahead, take it from me. So the briefcase opens, Art takes a look, huh. closes the briefcase, spins it back around, slides it to Missy. I believe the term is finders keepers. And he winks. She's not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. She's going to close the briefcase back up again. Lock it. Not lock it, but clasp it. And uh, I'll be right back. I'm just going to put this away. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. While she skitters off, Art's going to have a seat, and he's going to read through that message again. See if there's anything, uh, I mean, other than the contents, if there's anything odd about syntax, the font they use, if there's any changes in size. You know, the usual thing, looking for secret messages, because that's what he would do if he was writing one of these. This does not look, as you go through it, hold it up to the light, do all of your spy shit to it. You do not see any secret messages. You do not see any anything hidden or unusual about it. It seems like it was put together by someone with the bare minimum of tradecraft in that it's a fairly standard type font from a fairly standard printer that... Sure, the paper is a little fancier, but under the circumstances and giving you something. Hmm. Well, there is the acid test and the flame test that I would try, but uh, honestly, if I was doing any tradecraft that was meant for uh, for Kindred, the thing I would use would be fire. But no, this doesn't seem like the type. Our goals have aligned even temporarily. Hmm. Who could that be? It's around this time Jimmy comes out of his Taco Bell now, because he would have just talked to finish talking with Nick. If it's not there, then it's talking with Fina. And he sits down at the table with Art, and I go, Oof. Heads up. I, um, I ghouled Nick. And, uh, have you seen Ryan around? Uh, Roach Ryan? I have not seen Mr. Roach. I did not think you would ghoul Nick. I mean, uh, I guess I'm feeling a little, uh, I don't know, feeling a little, uh, go get him lately, I guess. He's been, uh, 
loyal servant for a while, so might as well make it official. Uh, I've also let Ryan know that he can choose to stay a ghoul or not. It's his decision. If he does become a ghoul, then he will be shared amongst us and feeds amongst us and won't be uh, bound to one of us. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. I was going to have him manage the uh, the apartments. It is not a bad idea. Are you considering moving into those apartments? I mean, I like my Taco Bell, but if things go as planned, I'll probably get kicked out as a, I don't know, a Starbucks moves in or something. And Auntie Anne's pretzels. Yeah. Well, it is a wise idea, I think. All right, and uh, yeah, I think I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't want him to be bloodbound. So if you think it's going to be a problem, it'd be great if we uh, we talk it out. Does that make sense? You know, you usually don't ask for my counsel and my opinion so much. Yeah, but I don't know much about the process of ghouling people and. All of that, so I don't know exactly what it entails. I, I if it's him become bloodbound or he's a huge risk, then I'd rather him just not be our ghoul. I'm not gonna bloodbind him. Anyone? Well, the nice thing about making a ghoul is that their loyalty is assured as well as their longevity and otherwise uh, competence. So if he wants to be, I would say go for it, so to speak. I myself will not make any ghouls. It is not my thing. Yeah, I've been avoiding it for a while, but I mean, if I'm becoming barren, as it seems like I will, I'm going to need more hands to handle things. What makes you think you will be barren? What about Coco or Missy? Or even me? I mean, yeah, you could probably be a... You could probably be the barren, but I have a feeling you don't want to be barren. Having to pull, put up with the bullshit of the politics when you can just hide behind a uh, a pretty face like my own. And do all everything you want to do. Will you get me there? Coco's not even going to get voted in if there is a vote. I don't know how the process really works. Um, and Missy, I don't think wants it. No, I think you would be surprised. Yeah. We'll see. Yes, well, it is idle speculation. If it's someone other than us three, then that's just going to be trouble. Yes. For everyone involved. Well, let us make the assumption that you will be Baron of Paradise. What will you do about our neighbors? I was thinking I'd just sit on a couch all day and no, but our neighbors, which ones? I mean, Abishai is the closest, right? Unless you want to talk about the uh, actual 
Camarilla territory, the Prince's Turf. We will talk about the Prince in a minute. No, it is Baron Abishai of which I speak. I mean, not to come off as racist or whatever, but you're in close with him. You're both Nosferatu, right? You could say that, yes. We are both Nosferatu. Whether or not we are in with one another remains to be seen. Well, I would probably first hire a set of exterminators because, what, just last week he sent in a bunch of uh, rats? This is so. So I'd look into getting that cleaned up and make it known that we own this and he's not welcome to spy on us. I like this. And then uh, probably try and set up some sort of agreement with him to see if we can share any intel that we gather on our end and his end. But I don't know him very well. You know him better than I do, probably. So would sharing intel with him be a good idea? Everything has a price. Sharing, perhaps not, unless it is something that threatens all of us. Okay. So, other than getting rid of the spies, what would you suggest? A meeting with the barons of the city. All of them? Okay. Yes. Call it an introduction. Let them know what your plans are for the area, things that we will be doing. Uh, Soothe any ruffled feathers you may have and read the room. See if any of the other barons have any designs on territory. With Baron Abishai's uh, rodent invasion, I have questions, but I will refrain from asking them at this time. And we may also have to get more involved with Baron Weschler or Baron Ahmed. Yeah, about Weschler. Um, I'm thinking of talking with him or someone as part of his barony. Um, they should have some good uh, Tremere people, so um, they can probably take the uh, take the whatever bounty or whatever that's going to be on Cheshire's, and we can lead give them the evidence or tools or something that we have on Cheshire. In exchange for what? A favor? A favor? Well, it is a, a good plan, I think. Perhaps meeting with him privately before the uh, the big meeting would be wise. I will be certain to give you the necessary information so they will be able to undertake the hunt. Sounds good. What about the others? Uh, Ahmed or Peter? Baron uh, Peter. We have already interfaced with him, so to speak, through uh, Bradley Kelly, and uh, that will miss. Right. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. That was just days ago, though. God. Uh, a lot has happened in the past few days. As for Baron Ahmed, I do not know much about him, and I do not know much about uh, his designs on the city. It's not that he's a couch baron, but he keeps to himself. I mean, he owns most of the suburbs, right? So he has a lot of area to take care of. 
if this is so, and you know how the suburbs can be. Yeah. No, actually, I've lived in the city the whole whole life, so. Let us say they live differently outside of the town. Yeah, makes sense. All right, so uh, do you think I should try and set up the meet with uh, Weschler during Elysium? And then for like set it up for another day, because Elysium's probably going to be a handful and a half. Anyway, don't want to add more to the plate. Yes, I think you should. And I think you should also privately speak with the other barons as you see them, whispered a few words saying that you would like to meet with them all at once. That way we may choose a neutral location and we can have the introductions made and have a little uh, soiree, I suppose, in some months. Perhaps have a grand opening, as it were. Once the plans for the mall are completed, we invite them, we have that little meeting. We set a few things up, refreshments. Uh, you you entertain. Okay. Now, this might seem like a strange request. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to need a cell phone. <laughs> if they're going to be contacting me, they're going to need something more instant than my pager. I agree with this, but you want an actual cellular phone. Not really. But for the betterment of the barony, I think it's wise if people can get a hold of me. Would you prefer one that fits your aesthetic, or do you want one that is actually effective? <sighs> Let me paint a picture for you. You walk into the mall, your territory, your barony. You are clad in the finest of polyester. You have your herd behind you. Your ghoul is standing next to you with a silver briefcase. You snap your fingers. He walks forward. He opens the briefcase. There is a telephone for you to use and call via satellite. You are powerful. You are in charge. You are charismatic. And it is still 1984. I mean, I hope it's not 84. I was 13 in 84. But, but anyway. No, that seems very impractical. I don't want to have to drag around a, a ghoul everywhere I go just to carry my phone. I understand your reticence. But if you are to be barren, you will have entourage wherever you go. Unless you explicitly order them away. Now, I can absolutely prepare for you a cellular phone. It is no problem to me. I can have it done in 30 minutes tops. But if you want style, think about what I have offered you. All right. So if you can get me one in 30 minutes, I think that would be great. Because I want to give them my phone number during Elysium. And if I change my mind on style, can you, like, move a phone number? Oh, absolutely. Even the kind can do it. It is very simple. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go with that. Well, then, it will be right back. All right. I feel strangely disgusting. <laughs> Art's going to head back to his haven. He's going to go through his uh, little secret places. The entrance is never the same any two times that he enters. And he walks in. 
and he walks into a small room past the gurney that he uses. It's been freshly cleaned lately. Clicks on the light, and that harsh fluorescent buzz starts up. There's four lights, and there's a bunch of racks in there with various bits of electronics, and there's a box marked cell phones, and reaches into it. There's a brand new box. He pulls the wrapping off of. He's setting it up. And as he's doing so with his customary uh, spy master aplomb, the camera will pan behind him. And there's a, a pair of racks that stretch from floor to ceiling. They're heavy duty. And on them are car parts for an Iroxy, every single one of them with an eBay tag. And the true monster is revealed. <laughs> Coco, how's your spray tan and outfit choosing going? Okay, so like last time I dressed all cute and they said I might die, but I was like pretty sure I wasn't going to die. This time I'm actually afraid that I might die because like I ate that guy and then that jerk, that stupid like sheriff guy. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for like making him chill out or whatever. I don't really know how that works. It's all new to me. So I think I'm probably going to die. So I'm going to wear like what I'd like to die in. The prince, right? She kind of had that whole like librarian vibe thing going. Basically going to wear like a black like pencil skirt and like blouse, like librarian-y. Librarian-y? That's a word, right? It's definitely, it's like a word. It's library, 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 perfect. And then um, I don't have like a large shoe selection here, which is a fucking shame. But I do have this like, they're cheap, but they're red. And they, I think, would look good with this like dress. It's like very like professional, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... This is the best I can do. If I'm going to die, this looks like something that, like, I probably, my parents would never bury me in, honestly, let's be honest. But, like, I'd be happy in this. So, I think, I think that this is good. I think I'm ready to, like, tackle this. Okay? Like, we can do it. You're not going to die tonight. No more punchy punchy like you were promised. So, I think I'm ready to rejoin society this evening. So you step out into the mall and walk down to the food court? Yes. Slower at first because those first couple steps outside of that stupid little store suck. But then faster and kind of straightening my shoulders more as I get closer to my destination. Missy. You mentioned sending off a couple of texts and meeting with somebody. Yeah, so Missy went back to her little cubby, and she's counted the money, and it's more money than she's ever had in her entire life or unlife. She's texted uh, Calvin to come by the mall to pick some up, and she's telling him to go buy a car. She's only giving him like 5000 not a new car, just a used car. And then the rest she's going to put under the mattress and the bed in the room, the one that she doesn't sleep on. 
and uh, she'll go back and join everyone else. How's Missy feel standing out there waiting for him to come by and holding so many dollars in your pockets? Oh, so many ideas going off in her head on what she can do with that money. But she doesn't know which idea first. It's just so many things. You're going to have to make uh, one of those idea boards that Jimmy mentioned. Sounds like a mood board. She'll figure it out. She'll, she'll, she'll just have to think about it right now. Right now, first things first, Cal needs a better car. That's what needs to be done right now. Fair enough. So you're out for a little while. Art's out for a little while. Anything between Jimmy and Coco that you guys want to talk about real quick? Coco, uh, Co- 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 why are you wearing a nerd suit? This is like a power suit. Does it not look okay? I mean, I would have probably made fun of you in high school. Okay, but like, you're totally not in high school, like, for like a long time. And this, this just, like, I look, this looks good, right? And I'm just turning all directions, you know, doing a little, like, crazy posing. Like, what do you think? Like, Instagram famous poses. Like, this, this is cute, right? Uh, it's not my taste, and it clearly doesn't look like your usual taste, but it's not bad. It's good. It's kind of vanilla. That That's cool. I'll take that. Have you, like, met the prince, though? I'm trying to, like, you know, dress to impress. Oh, yeah, it looks that looks like something the prince would wear. Yeah, she's totally going to love it. Okay, all right, cool. Not bad. I'll take it. Thanks. Sure. Does it remind you of anything that Carol used to wear? Maybe a pencil skirt, but I don't see... Uh, maybe a little bit, but not too much. I didn't picture in, like, a librarian outfit. Maybe not when she met you, then. If nobody has anything else, we'll move ahead to uh, driving to Elysium. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, what is... Uh, actually, who's driving? Calvin? Or? For this, I would have hired the car. Another limo. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are heading to Elysium. Do we have plans? Do we have things we need to cover and do while we're there? I'm thinking, has it been announced that uh, Walter's dead? It has not. So we're announcing that. Correct. Coco, you're getting approved as a fledgling, I believe. That's a thing that's supposed to happen now that uh, Sveeple has been dealt with. Um, all I know that like a lot has happened in the last couple of days, and I was like threatened with death. So hopefully not. Hopefully not dead. Okay. Uh, I mean, you're already dead, but yes, I know what you mean. All right. So a couple other things to keep people posted. I told Ryan, uh, you might remember him as Roach, that he is going to be a free ghoul amongst all of us. So we feed him uh, and we will not 
none of us will take him as a ghoul. I have also turned Nick into a ghoul. And Missy... Um, I feel Calvin should become a free ghoul among us. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, what's a free ghoul? What? No, why? Why do you think this? Because uh, blood bonding is a horrible thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that's why you just did it to two more people. Because it's so horrible. I did not do that to Ryan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's going to be feeding amongst all of us. Uh-huh. Okay. And Nick is because he needs to know how bad it is before he becomes a free ghoul. Art, what's a free ghoul? Oh, so you're doing it to teach him a lesson. Oh, oh, all right. Answer her question. Free ghoul. I don't get it. Free ghoul. Okay, so ghouls. So you remember when you, uh, I fed you that one time? Yeah, rude. Yes, and you started thinking me as someone important, like you should? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, when you do that uh, three times with the same person, uh, that becomes super strong and almost mind controlly. Uh, yeah, like summer. I remember. Yes, yes. I I glimpsed her. At yeah. You will also remember that short time where Bradley Kelly was the best thing ever. But like free ghoul. Uh, a free ghoul. Sorry, is a oh one who's not slaved. So they drink from. They feed off of multiple kindred so that they don't get attached to one for a long time. They'll still have strong feelings towards the one they last fed on, but not to the point of jump off a bridge for them. They still have some independence. I just sit there for a minute and kind of take it in, think about all of my experiences and just shudder. Okay. Gross. I do not want any owned ghouls if I'm to get this barony. I do not want any owned ghouls owned by any of us. It will be owned by all of us. Unless they need to be learned. No. No. You know, the ghoul situation that you had, that, that whole thing, that, that connection you had with Carol, that was sick and twisted. I understand how sometimes other kindred misuse their ghouls and treat them poorly. That's not the situation Cal and I have. So, no. Is it? It isn't. You don't know. I've seen you scold him very strongly. Yeah, and if he was a ghoul or not a ghoul, I would have treated him the same way. That's the difference. He doesn't live his life for me. He's out there right now making his own decisions right now. He's not doing everything for me. He doesn't live for me, and I don't make him do everything for me either. But he would. He wants to. But I don't ask him to. And that's a bigger pain. What? I was there. 
I had to do the same thing for Carol. I wanted to do everything. No, no. What you and Carol had is nothing like what Cal and I have. Cal and I have this agreement. We, you don't even you don't even know that was this is this predates our coterie. What are you talking about? No, no, no. She's gonna look at art. No. Art raises his hands. I wasn't going to be the one to feed anybody. Kelvin is Missy's business. Roach can be all of our businesses. But I will agree with Mischief that Kelvin is off limits. Why does this sound so gross? Uh, Because it is gross. It's disgusting. Look, you guys don't know how it was before. On the street, alone, having no idea what I had just become, I needed a friend, and I turned to the friend I had prior to being changed, and he said he was willing to help me. We discussed it, and we agreed to it. So let him make that decision again. Why? To satisfy you? Who the hell are you? Why do I have to satisfy you? You aren't the Baron yet. Well, then we'll wait until I am Baron. Tell me what to do. This is ridiculous. God, I hope you don't become barren then. You would be unbearable. <laughs> ah, high five to Art. High five. Would that mean that, like, you're my boss again? Because. Yeah, he'd basically be all of our bosses. I would be. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, totally not a fan of this. You know, like how the whole ghoul thing works. <laughs> No, I know I have friends that got into like relationships like that, if you know what I'm saying, and like it never worked out. So I I think I might pass too. Wait, you're not feeding off of me. I'm not going to ask any of you to do that. You know what I'm saying though. Imagine me like a boss and you're, you know, the employees at a McDonald's. As if you are kidding me, right? Like no. So how are you going to handle this, Baron, if if she's not willing to feed these free ghouls and he's not willing to feed these free ghouls and I'm not going to feed these free ghouls? It's just you feeding these free ghouls, which now are no longer free ghouls. I have other sources. You have other ways. Okay. Again, no. We will put this conversation on hold for now as we need to... uh be happy for our Elysium visit. I'll be making meetings with all the other barons and wishing to meet with them. I don't know. What? what Did anyone else have any other plans while they're there? Oh, you know. It will shake a few hands, whisper in a few ears. Eh, the usual. Coco just leans kind of over to Missy. Am I supposed to have meetings or something? I mean... Don't you have a pretty big one about the whole house arrest thing? It just kind of seems like he's got like a timetable or something. Was there an email? Like, because I didn't check. Yeah, no, this is just, no, this is Jimmy going a little, you know, too big for his denim britches. He's not even barren yet and he thinks he's running the show. Okay, cool. So just show up. It's going to be great. Okay, this this, is fine. This is fine. This is fine. This is fine. Do you like my outfit? Yeah, no. Um, what looks different about you, though? I got a spray tan. 
Do I look like nice, healthy glow? You, you look like something. Okay. And um, I did order you that sweatshirt. So if they kill me tonight, it's supposed to be or- like delivered by tomorrow at 5 p.m. So might have a new old sweatshirt, an old new sweatshirt. Art cut me this sweatshirt. You bought me a new hoodie too? Yeah, like it, it'll it be here. Like you don't have to wear it. I'm just saying like it's Art's money anyway. I just, I did that. He gave me the, remember the, remember? She's just going to look at Jimmy just. You see this? This is how Coterie should act. Look at that. What'd you do for me? Nothing except try to take my ghoul. We can discuss this after I become Baron. Even if I do. If. If. If you become Baron. Yes. First of all, you have to make sure they don't kill you for what happened to the last Baron. Or, for that matter, kill all of us. Especially you, Coco. And it will be taken care of. I think I ate him. My bad. Hmm. But that's a secret, right? Secret. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't go and tell anybody to save my skin. Jimmy? Uh, make sure Tremere doesn't look too closely at you. It will be taken care of. I trust Art. I got a spray tan, though. Like, they can't see through their spray tan, right? Why wouldn't they be able to see through spray tan? If that were true, we would all be wearing spray tan, like... Right? Six layers thick. Like, I don't even understand the logic in your brain right now. Because it, like, kind of, it, it, like, smooths fine lines and, like, you know, wrinkles and stuff. Like, for those people that have them. And it hides the fact that you ate a baron? I don't... I think that would be a marketing point. Like they're going to put that on their website. Come on. All right. Well, like Jimmy said, we have to be happy. I was actually happy earlier this evening, and then Jimmy ruined it. But I'll try to be happy. I'll try to get that feeling back. That's good. Just be sure to keep an eye out. There will be plenty out of the ordinary. But if anything kind of pulls at your gut, that is what you will want to pay attention to. Well. Right now, it's pulling is I'm a little hungry, so I'm glad we're going because free eats. Yes, I am told the catering at least you missed to die for. I really hope not. And on that, the camera cuts to a couple of quick flashes of everybody getting into a limo, limo driving through the city, and arriving at the large building in the center of the city that is frequently leasing pulling down into the parking garage, everybody getting out, seeing a couple of the other kindred and people here, and them all looking much more mundane than the last time we saw them on screen a couple of nights ago when everybody was dressed up for Halloween and in their fancy stuff. Something you will notice is down inside the parking garage as everybody is moving more or less towards the entrances to down where Elysium is. You will go by and you'll see a a young woman that most of you will recognize as Elizabeth, one of the sheriff's deputies, just kind of hanging out, loitering down here, smoking a cigarette, just kind of keeping an eye. Security seems a little higher than what it might normally be. 
she's very clearly watching people. Like, all right, I know that person. All right, I know that person. Watching you all come in. She does, Coco, you will notice, lock eyes with you for a minute. A little longer than what most other people do, but doesn't move to do anything. Elevators, there is some small talk. All surface level stuff at this point, as you're not down in protected areas yet. Coming off the elevator, you are once again in the large open room that previously had tables and costumes and little couches set up where there were mortals that were more or less on offer for you to, to dine upon. A much lower population this evening, as it just seems like some kindred, some of their attending ghouls, and just a few, we'll call them staff, that seem to be walking around with glasses of viscous red liquid. Art, as you look around here, you're going to notice that off on the one side, there is, towards the back, a stage that is... Not like super high, but enough so that you can be easily seen from most people in the room. And off to the side of said stage is a bunch of fencing that one might put up around like an impromptu construction site or like a sidewalk repair. The kind of thing that you stand up with cinder blocks and aren't like super secure, but is enough to to keep people out. Jimmy and Missy, you'll notice that there's the the fencing set up as well, but Art will notice specifically to himself that there are people inside of the fence. Do any of the people look familiar? Not from this distance. I will have to get closer and take a look. As you guys enter and file in with the next group of people off the elevator and start to mingle, the prince will take the stage and she will say, Kindred of Springfield, we have a problem. The prince, right? She kind of had that whole like librarian vibe thing going. Basically going to wear like a black like pencil skirt and like blouse, like librarian that's a word, right? Technically, a word is anything that you can prescribe an idea to and people can understand it. I just want to say for posterity that if and when Coco ever becomes barren of an area, we're calling it the Librarian-y. This Vampire of the Masquerade Chronicle is a non-official fan-created work by the Without a Net podcast. Portions of the materials used in this actual play are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with their permission. All rights are reserved. For any further information in those regards, or maybe upcoming releases, eh? You can find them at worldofdarkness.com.